Hello and welcome to Oh Dear Lore. I'm Creighton. And I'm Jessica. Hey guys, back here again recording from our homes because coronavirus is still a thing. Coronavirus! That's all I ever hear on Facebook. Coronavirus! <laughs> That's all I ever hear anywhere anymore. Oh my god. Oh, um, I want to apologize for anyone who hears my dogs. Um, they know I'm hiding, so they're against the door trying to mess up our audio, pretty much. Right, and if you hear my dogs, blame it on Jessica. For, uh, they might whine because they know where I'm at, and they might scratch at the door. So I'm just going ahead and warning you. I can't help it. I'm still at home. Well, the only thing you should hear from mine is the youngest one licking because she's allergic to everything, kind of like a certain blonde I know. Oh, my. And, um, <laughs> you know if so my she... dog's allergic to of everything? Well, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm really glad that you're not, like, here with me in person because I may kill you today. Why? Um, like, by accident. Why? Because I've been, he- well, I have been helping spread hay and pollen producing flowers. Like, I can see the pollen on my shirt. I would die. I really would. I know. I've died I know. in the middle of a football game at Horseshoe Bend. Do you remember that? I do. They had I to do. stop the whole game, and it was humiliating. And there were, oh! There was rumor that I died. Did really? I ever tell you that? People t- people said I had a seizure or that I um or that I broke my neck. Like things that were totally not right. I just had a major allergy attack and my throat closed up. And they went yeah. and they told people that I died. People were calling my parents. <laughs> and you know, you don't have to be famous to have a death hoax, turns out. <laughs> no. I mean, don't they know that bitches never die? I just keep coming back, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> So are you having a good day today? I am. It, it's been busy. For um, sure. I got home like 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was eating on the run because yesterday we cleaned up my yard from the storm damage. Right. Today it was my parents' turn mm-hmm. along with some gardening. So. Oh, that's that's always fun. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was a lot. Well, you know, you're having a better day than Jeffree Star is right now. <laughs> I have not seen what Jeffree Star is up to today. Well, he's on, he's talking to Chris Hansen from How to Catch a Predator. Really? About Davi Vanity. Mmm. So, I, you know what I'm doing after this. Oh, yeah. Now I know what I'm doing after they're this. They're doing it now, I think, like, as we're talking. Really? Really. I, I like Chris Hansen. Yeah. I, uh, I, I know why his career ended. Mm-hmm. But, oh well. <laughs> well. You know what? We'll see how it goes. Right, right. But, you know, what's even more fascinating is our stories for today. Right. No, we actually have some listener-inspired stories. I love because that. we actually uh, received on Twitter a message from one of our listeners named Anna. I think that's how you say a name. That's A N A. Works for um, me. Right. So I mean, if I've said your name wrong, I'm sorry. Send me a message on Twitter, and I'll correct it uh, in two weeks when we record again. Awesome. So, um, yeah, basically. She said that she was raised in a household without Christianity, and I'm guessing a community in Eastern Europe without a whole lot of Christianity and the teachings. Uh-huh. And so she was asking, because obviously we've made references to the Bible here and there throughout our show, which I haven't, I don't remember doing it, but 
considering we were both raised Christian, we probably did. Yeah, it's so natural to us when the Bible Belt. Right. And so she has asked if we could just share some of our stories from that because turns out Christianity does have quite a fascinating uh, mythos with it. Oh, you There's know a what? bunch of wonderful stories. You're putting that so lightly. Like... Like, now, okay, for even if you're an atheist or you're someone who just is curious, there is something for everyone in the Bible. You don't even have to look for it for guidance. There are stories, there's poetry, there's songs. There is something for everybody, I'm just saying. I'm not going to lie. I told Adam the other day that uh, if I had not been raised in the church and someone made an unedited show about the Bible, like it would just the Bible straight up in all of its gory, weird, magical details. It would be like Game of Thrones and I would watch it. For sure. For sure. But the problem is is that these people take, um, they they don't want to piss so many people off so they try to lighten it up a little. You know what I mean? Right. And it's not as interesting as the actual text is. Right. Which is crazy. I, I thought that we might do a new type of episode, uh, which I suggested to Jess, and it's that this week we're going to uh, choose some of our favorite Bible stories, and we're going to share them with you because they are quite fascinating. Uh, that That is a very mild way of saying it, and I'm going to leave it there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Jessica, would you like to go first, or do you want me to go first? I want you to go first because I really, really love your story. It's one of my favorites, and very relevant to today's time, I think. Well, alright, so I had a few different stories that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to pick out of all of the wonderful stories that you can pick out the Bible. No doubt. Um, so, like, I didn't know if I wanted to take it in direction, like, going with, like, Paul and Peter, who did some crazy shit uh, <laughs> over in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I wanted to go with Solomon because it turns out King Solomon, who was the last ruler of a united Israel, mm-hmm. was, uh, like, since he was the last ruler, he therefore has a lot of myths and legends and everything else about him. Right. But I decided that since this is kind of supposed to be a representative of what we learned as Christians growing up, um, which I will say... I am agnostic now, so this is the first time I've read the Bible in a while. Mm-hmm. But I chose Job. Right. And anyone listening to this episode that was raised Christian probably knows Job. It is one of the most recognizable stories out of the entire Bible. You'll be surprised a... how many people don't know about Job, though. Well, would I? Oh, Oh yes, there are many. Like there, are, uh, if you ask anyone from the ages twelve and under who Job is, a lot of them won't know who you're talking about. They think of Noah, Moses. They think of those biggies. Right. Oh, I mean, I I could see that because those are very notable, and I would doubt that many people have uh, told them about Job because Job is almost like a cruel book. It's not a happy book. Um, it is a very sad book. Yeah. Of the Bible. Uh, and to, if we're being completely honest, it doesn't always paint God in the best light. But, you know, I, I, I appreciate that they didn't. If it, Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Um, but I'm gonna play, um, <laughs> what's, what's it, um, I'm gonna, I'll probably give it, I'll probably do the more Christian aspect, because I know that some, like you said, I know, I agree with Creighton that it's not a happy story, but I'm gonna kind of show the opinion of a lot of Christians here in the Bible Belt, just to kind of give you Some different context. opinions. Right. They're not necessarily my opinions, but I was going to explain how others consider it, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I mean, and one thing that my grandmother used to tell me when talking about this story is that there's at least a happy ending. And I will leave that up to y'all to decide whether Job has a happy ending, because it's a better ending than what you thought it would be. Well, I guess the question goes down to, is there a happy ending with, after trauma? And that's something you can kind of think on the back of your mind as you listen to the story. Right. So, I, I'm just going to start. Go for it. So, um, the Bible that I am using is the HBCS. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a book that was brought around in the 1990s. I think it was 1999 is the copyright date on it. And okay. it's a book that tries to balance understanding with writing tradition. And I, I feel they do a very good job of it. Okay. Uh, because the King James can be kind of hard to understand. <laughs> so, there was a man in the country of Uz named Job. He was a man of perfect integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. Which sounds like hell to me. Anyways... <laughs> His estate included 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Now, Job's children were not quite as dedicated and faithful as he was. They still did their bit, but like their sons used to take, his sons used to take turns having banquets at their homes. And they would invite all their family to come together and eat and everything else. So whenever the banquets were over, Job would, uh, Job would send for his children to purify them. And he would rise early in the morning to offer burnt offerings for all of them. Because he thought that perhaps his children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. So although his children did not keep the faith, as strong as he did, he still got up and asked God to forgive his children even when they themselves were not asking for it. <laughs> Just in case they had sinned. Right. So, the next part of this story, we look away from Job for a bit and we go to heaven. And so, the Bible says that one day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord asked Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan said, From roaming through the earth. And Satan answered him, and walking around on it. Then the Lord said, Satan, have you considered my... Uh... Yes. Uh, the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. Now, I don't know if y'all know this, but Satan loves the challenge. So, Satan answered to the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? 
Haven't you placed a hedge around him and his household and everything he owns? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possession and have increased his lands. But if you were to stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, he would surely curse you to your face. Well, the Lord hears Satan and says, All right, bet. He says, Everything that he owns is in your power. However, you must not lay a hand on Job himself. And so... Satan left the Lord's presence. So, we go back down to Job now. Because now he's on Satan's hit list. So, one day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and reported, While the ox were plowing and the donkeys grazing nearby, the Sabians, which is another cultural group that lived in the Middle East, mm-hmm. swooped down and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, that servant was still speaking to Job when a second servant showed up and said, A lightning storm struck from the heaven, and it burned up the sheep and the servants and devoured them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Which, that is, uh, that's horrific. (laughs) The thought of a lightning bolt setting a whole flock of sheep just on fire... It's horrific. Oh, I can hear like sheep in my ear, in my head. You know what I mean? <laughs> Help. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't laugh at that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, as that messenger was still speaking, another messenger came up mm-hmm. and said the Chideans, which is once again another cultural group who lived in the area. Uh, they say that they formed three bands, made a raid on the camels, and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And he was still speaking when a fourth servant came running up. And I don't know exactly what Job did at this moment, but I would imagine it was something like, Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, We can't put that in the Bible. (laughs) Well, I mean, also... It's not written in English, so... Yeah. I, but I just know I definitely would have went, Oh, shit, what are you here to tell me? <laughs> so, uh, this next reporter, uh, or this next messenger said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, when suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. And it collapsed on the young people so that they all died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, I don't know how wind hits all four corners of one house. But it happened. Well, so, it's supernatural, you know. I mean, yeah, it just... That that one sentence catches me off guard. You have so, to accept it. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not denying it. I'm just saying it's odd. Oh, for sure. So... Then Job stood up and tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord taketh away. Praise the name of Yahweh. So, throughout all of this, not once did uh, Job blame God for anything. And do you know who that made mad? Satan. That's right. It made Satan mad. So, the next day, the sons of God came to present themselves before uh, the Lord, and Satan, once again, 
came right on up into the heavens. And the Lord said, Where have you come from? And Satan said, From roaming through the earth and walking around on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Like no one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. He still retains his integrity even though you incited me against him to destroy him without just cause. So Satan responds with, Skin for skin, a man will give up everything he owns in exchange for his life, but stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you upon your face. So the Lord, once again, went, Bruh, bet, and gave Satan the power to go inflict Job with an illness. So Satan left, and the first thing he infected Job with was terrible boils from the sole of his foot to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery to scrape himself while he sat among the ashes. Now, I don't know what ashes he was sitting amongst. Um, that is not very sheep. clear. <laughs> I guess the sheep! <laughs> I miss my kids, but these sheep were everything, man. Well, I mean, he ripped his tunic. Or his rope, he may not have had any more wool. Um, you know. So as he was sitting amongst the ashes, his wife, who Satan did not take, I would like to point that out, <laughs> did not take her anywhere, come out there and said, Do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Um, wow. I don't, I don't know if it was a happy marriage. Uh, it doesn't quite sound like one to me. Not after that, at least. Right. No, the whole phrase of curse God and die just really kind of thank you, honey. You can would go you back ever inside say the house. that to Adam? I think Adam would slap you. Or, and Nathan would, Nathan would, oh, it wouldn't go well if I said that. I mean, I think I'd still be able to walk the next day. <laughs> but could you see straight? <laughs> uh, I don't really see straight right now. That's how gay I am. Uh, that was fantastic. I love that. We can, <laughs> I, we, I can die happy now. Go ahead. Well, do you want to know what he said to his wife, Jessica? What did he say, Creighton? He said, you speak as a foolish woman speaks. <laughs> uh, should we accept only good from God and not adversity? And throughout this, Job did not sin at all in what he said. Now, hearing of his tragedy, Job had three friends come to uh, visit him. He had Eplas, Bilidad, and Shuit. Uh, oh, sorry, Bilidad was the Shuit. Uh, Zophar, the name of Namathite. I'm not sounds really right. good at biblical pronunciation. It sounds right to me. Right. So they had all heard about his troubles, and they come to check on their old friend Job. Well, they sat with him for seven days and night, and didn't say not a single word because they were men. And, um, men can do that. Oh, women can't. We can't do that. I'm, I'm being real. We can't do that. Well, I mean, no, because, A, women and gays try to comfort each other. <laughs> um, and men just like, you okay, bro? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay, I'll Don't want to make it weird, you know? <laughs> right. So, um, after, after all of them got there, and after the seven days had passed, Job starts up with a very odd uh, speech that he gives. And basically, he cursed the day he was born. 
His exact words were, May the day I was born perish, and the night when they said, A boy is conceived. If only that day had turned to darkness, may God above not care about it, or light shine on it. May darkness and gloom reclaim it, and a cloud settle over it. May an eclipse of the sun terrify it. If only darkness had taken that night away, may it not appear among the dates of the year or be listed on the calendar. So what you're saying is he was um, depressed and um, possibly suicidal, right? Right. Like, I mean, yeah. like there's actually a part in here to where he says he's ready to die and for God to take him. Right. Like, at no point does it say that he's going to, like, kill himself. So I would not call it suicidal. But there is definitely a lot of mention of, uh, if only God would take me now. Yeah, so chronic depression, for sure. Right. Which, I mean, to be fair, how could you not? Probably a little bit of PTSD, too. That's probably why they stayed up seven days and nights and didn't sleep. Probably. So, basically... After Job gives his speech, asking to die, his friends try to comfort him. And so his first friend, Eliphaz, he goes ahead and he says, Well, maybe this was meant to be. You've helped so many other people in your life. Now you know how they feel. And then he asked, What great God, uh, what great sin have you committed against God that God hates you so? To which... There's no response immediately. <laughs> I mean, how do you answer that? I don't know. But I will say that if that wasn't bad enough, Bilidad comes in and says, Eh, I'm sure you've sinned against God, Joe, but your children brought this upon themselves. See, even if you think that, would you really say it? You know what I mean? Bilidad did. Well, you know what? I guess I mean, the bracelet he tells you like it is, but... Look, the bracelet did not say WWBD for a reason. <laughs> well, Bill and Dad did. <laughs> Alright. Or, or Job's wife. Sell... What would Job's wife do? <laughs> she would nag. That's, oh what, that's what she would do. And I'm telling you right now, the fact that she was there to nag him is the only reason Satan left her. Which, to be fair... She was probably angry at God and at Job her, herself. Because oh. if, if they thought Job did something, she probably did too. And all of her children are dead. Right. No, like, I mean, I get it that, like, God was testing Job. But by not killing her too, God was testing her too. Exactly. And he was, it sounds like he was testing her patience more than anything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and I mean, I, I could see that. She married a very rich man. Obviously, she married the richest man in all the land around them. Right. And now they're living in a tent outside for seven days with three other men just sitting around a fire. You learn all, you learn who your ride or dies are real quick. Hell, seven days sitting around a fire? Yeah, that's a ride or die in the gay community. Um, <laughs> so then Zophar, the name of Mike, he comes in. And he says, I don't know what great sin you've committed, Job, but surely you can be forgiven. And basically, he goes on, and they just all pretty much blame Job. So, fine. what What kind of enemies do you have if you have friends like that? Well, this is actually one of my favorite thing because Job responds 
to each one of his friends when he gets uh, irritated and he calls his friends worthless physicians who whitewash their advice with lies. <laughs> Whoa. Burn. So, Job tries to back up his, uh, his character. So, then, after chapter 13, we get this whole segment about Job trying to think about man's relationship to God and he wonder why God uh, he wonders why God judges people due to the things that they do and that God can just easily alter or forgive their behavior because he is an omnipotent God he can right. do whatever he wants so job is really unclear about how all these and he doesn't know how humans can appease God or make God happy Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of questions going on. So uh, he's really trying to figure out a way to ask God to go ahead and kin- kill him, send him to Sheol, the deep death, into the grave. Right. Uh, because he, even he, seems to have little doubt in himself. Right. So when Job starts trying to talk like this, his friends actually become offended that he insulted them. So, I don't know why, because they were really fucking rude. Truth hurts. Like, like if we're just going to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. So, then it turns out that there's a, no, a fourth friend who comes, and his name is Elihu. And he believes that Joe has spent too much energy vindicating himself rather than God. So, Elihu explained to Job that God communicates with humans by two ways. Either through, like, prophetic visions or through physical pain. Because physical pain will cause you to alter your course. And so, basically, Elihu says maybe you should try to worship God, like, actively right now in this time. And see where that gets you. Well, (laughs) uh, he also thinks that Job's suffering is because Job is wicked. So he's really no better than the other Not three. Not really, no. Uh, and do you know what he thinks is an act of rebellion against God? Oh, what? The fact that Job won't shut up. Job's excessive talking was the act of rebellion against God. Wow. wow. So finally, I'm guessing that God had enough of this because he actually interrupts and forms a whirlwind overhead and demands that Job... Be brave and respond to his questions. So God pops up to give Job a pop quiz. And uh, Job doesn't do well on Mm -hmm. this pop quiz. Because God's asking all kinds of questions like rhetorical questions. Or he's asking things about the creation and how it should work better and things like this. Showing that Job has actually no clue what it took God to make this. Um... And so, he also curses the four who thinks that Job has been unfaithful to him. Right. And the only reason that he doesn't strike them dead is because Job begs him not to kill his friends, too. Well, you know what? That's kind of... Like, Job is, like, for real, like, the best guy ever. (laughs) Right. Like, ever. Because a lot of us are like, yeah, strike him down. Like, if we're being honest. Right, but see, like, God was mad because the the other four 
were um, spouting poor and theologically unsound advice. Right. So, uh, basically, after all this goes down, God forgives all of them, and he returns Job's health. He provides him with twice as much property as before, and he gives him new children and an extremely long life so that he can keep kicking it for a while. I mean, Um, I'm kind of down for that. I want to live forever, so... See, here's my thing, though. If I had lost ten of my children inside of a building, even if you give me new children, that doesn't replace the ten I lost, and I'm not sure I want another hundred years to think about them. I don't know. People were weird back then, though. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just he stripped naked and and like shaved his head. Yes, they're weird. A lot of people back then looked at their children like cattle, so I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, your eldest son definitely would not have been cattle. That yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But I mean, technically, yeah, I guess God did give him a, a replacement heir. But I'm just saying, me personally, like, I couldn't have been Joe. At all. Like, I'm telling you right now that I would have lost all faith. I think the, that's the point, though. You know what I mean? I think that's why I think this is so relevant. Because if... I think that's what everyone's asking right now. In the middle of the corona. In the middle of so much going on. You know? Right. So if this is really relevant to today. I think that's the point. You know what I mean? And I, I don't say I disagree with you because absolutely because I'm like smite everyone like that was against me, right? The, and yeah, like to me, it almost seems cruel because the fact that God knew that Job was faithful. Like Job wasn't wavering at all. Job got up early to pray for other people's sins, not just his own. And yeah, it, it's really unfair to me that God's like, eh, yeah, we're gonna See, take everything. My question is: Is if did this supposedly actually happen, or is this a, like a fable, like a, a fable or an illustration? You know well, what I mean? I mean, Job is supposed to be an actual Hebrewic like ancestor. Yeah, like, so they say. Right. So he is supposed to be a real person, whether it actually happened or not. And right. that's really the problem you run into with a lot of these old um, books in the Bible. The fact that most of the time. They were oral history way before they were ever written down. Right. And so you don't actually know which one were like a group of people that got consolidated into one king or one era or something like that. You don't know which one was a single person who got divided out into other people. Right. You just, you don't know and there's really no way to clear it up because we don't have written text from it. Well, exactly. And they didn't do records like we do. Right, like, now, a lot of, uh, amazingly, a lot of our records of that area come from Egypt, because the Egyptians wrote down everything. Oh, yeah, it's actually really us. weird. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's so weird, because they even had, like, wheat transactions, like, where they were trading wheat. They wrote that down. It was important enough to spend papyrus on. Didn't we do that? Uh, we talked about that when we were doing, talking about the sea people or something like that? Uh, yeah, because that's where we get a lot of our ancient knowledge of the sea people. Exactly. That's what I thought. Haha, see, we're coming back around. <laughs> Atlantis, here we come. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've been watching a ton of Atlantis documentaries. Don't get me started. We don't have time. <laughs> so, uh, Jessica, what story did you choose? Oh, okay. 
So this is the story of Samson. And I just realized that we're probably going to bum our listeners out because this is also not a happy ending. (laughs) But Job got his children back. Sorry, he got new children, replacement children. Yeah, he's got... You know what? I wonder if Job's new children were more good to God. Like, were they more acceptable to God? I don't know. I wonder if Job's wife stayed with him. You know... Do you think he still has that same old nagging one? Well, I mean, not anymore. I mean, he's 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 dead, but... In the eyes of the Lord, you're always married. God. Well, I... Creighton, we agreed we were not going to do this. But I'll just say, I, I believe in divorce. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Now, I 100% believe in divorce. I believe... My church believes in divorce. So... Right. That, uh, I, that's going to piss a lot of people off to hear, but here in, or here in Alabama, but we yeah. do. Okay, but today I'm talking about Samson. So, Is Delilah going to be there? Yes, Delilah will be there. We'll talk about her. We're talking about everybody in the life of Samson. Woo-hoo. I actually really like Samson. Um, that's my husband's favorite Bible character. Um, he's pretty, he's sassy. He is sassy. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, first of all, most biblical characters are really sassy. I don't know if you know that. But they Jesus are. was really sassy. <laughs> well, Cain. Cain from the Bible was really sassy. Did oh, you yeah, know my, that? Oh, my brother's keeper? Well, it's not that. What The actual original Hebrew comes up. God came to Cain and said, where is the sheep keeper? And Cain looks back at God and goes, do I look like a brother keeper? <sighs> So, dude, I'll be honest. If I'm going to be a smart aleck to anybody, it ain't going to be God, okay? Not after what we just <laughs> talked about in Job. I'm just no, saying. It's, it's going to be Job. That's who I'm going to be a smart ass to. Oh, my God. Look, he'll pray for my sins at the end. He's oh the best choice. Uh, Job is. Job is the one that if you're a screw over somebody, it's going to be him because he'll forgive the heck out of you. Oh, yeah. Job but, was a good man. Samson lived in really weird times, Okay. Like, he lived during a time of repeated conflict between Israel and Philistia, and um, which is the Philistine people, if you've ever heard that term. Um, uh, Jessica, has there ever been a time where that wasn't going on? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. Um, I laugh because his name was, his father's name was Manoah, but I keep wanting to call him Momoa, like Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> so if I say Momoa, let me have it, okay? <laughs> I'll let you have it. Okay, let me have it. As he was a uh, Mamo, see, I did it. Manoah, his father, was an Israelite from Zorah, descended from the Danites, and his wife had been unable to conceive, which seems to be a really common thing in uh, multiple other stories, where these women can't conceive, and all of a sudden the Lord blesses them to have a child. Well, this is right. one of those cases. Yeah, it's another one of those. Um, the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and proclaimed that the couple would soon have a son who would begin to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines, which is a really big deal. <laughs> so um, the angel of the Lord say that Manoah's wife was to abstain from alcoholic drinks, unclean foods, which is typically pig um, in their religion. And um, well, To be fair, there's a lot of unclean food. That's usually the most common one people think of is like, don't eat pig, though. Yeah, but like shellfish and seafood. I would um, die. Bats are unclean. I would die. I love seafood. <laughs> Me I too. Would, I would die. And um, oh, and uh, she can't shave or cut the child's hair. 
Okay. If if you if you ever heard of Samson, you you kind of get the idea of his, not letting his hair be cut. Um, he was to be what we call a Nazarite from birth, which is um, in ancient Israel, those who wanted to be especially dedicated to God for a time could take a Nazarite vow, which included, of course, like I said, abstaining from wine and spirits. Though um, there are a lot of rabbis who still believe, talk about this vow, they say that they, they, they go by that you can't have any alcohol from grapes but any other type of alcohol they're okay with i don't i don't understand it but that's what they say potatoes i mean (laughs) yeah and of course no cutting your hair or shaving and um and among other requirements but those are like the biggies that they really care about um by the way nazarites do not have to be your entire life they can be for a time whereas samson was his entire life that was the vow that they took for him which he didn't even get to take the vow himself. He just kind of was told what to do. But, uh, you know, Manoah's wife, she believed the angel of the Lord, but her husband was not there when it happened. So he would pray and ask God to send the messenger once again to teach them how to raise the boy who was bo- who was going to be born. So after the angel of the Lord returned, Manoah asked him his name. But the angel replied, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. Manoah then prepared a sacrifice, but the angel of the Lord would only allow it to be for God. When he touched it with his staff, miraculously engulfing it in flames, he ascended into the sky in the fire. And it scared the crap out of Manoah. (laughs) It scared him to death. He thought God was going to kill him (laughs) because he saw something. And so it didn't happen. So he assumed that maybe that it was God's will that he saw the angel. So I just think it's so funny because it scared the crap out of me too. Well, it's kind of like uh, if you read the book of Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. Sorry, not Ezekiel, Isaiah. And you read through it. There is actual descriptions of angels in Isaiah, and they are terrifying. Well, you know, I went went to um, Italy... Um, there was I was there was gargoyles all over these cathedrals, and mm-hmm. I and they told me they're like gargoyles are not evil. Gargoyles are they believe in protective spirits, of, right? Or if you some people would say a type of angel in a way, and, right? Uh, but angels aren't made in God's image. We are, so they are creepy looking, like or so they say. You know, well, I've never if seen I that. if I remember correctly, the description from Isaiah is that angels are giant humanoid like figures mm-hmm. with six wings uh, four on their back and then two that cover what is normally called their feet but biblical scholars thinks it means their genitals that's hot um, <laughs> right and also I don't know how those wings would function but still uh, who knows and also they're supposed to have four faces on their head it's See, like the down. face of a human, a face of a monkey, a face of an ox, and the face of an eagle, I think? I may be wrong on that. We'll do an episode on Isaiah one day, and I'll get into it. That'll be so much fun. I, I love it. We should talk about the mythical creatures in the Bible that are talked oh, about. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. Leviathan? Oh, my God. Bahamut? <laughs> no, not Bahamut. Huh? Not Bahamut. Muhammad? Yeah, is that I in remember, the Bible? I don't remember. I know that there's like insane locusts that like, like it's it's crazy. We'll have to get into that one day because that's that's a lot. Right. That's a lot. Um. Oh, so um, let me say. So Samson was born and he was raised exactly like he was supposed to because you know you kind of want to do that. 
after what you've seen, you know. Yeah. Um, when he Especially was young, if you know the story of Job. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. When he was a young adult, Samson left the hills of his people to see the cities of Philistia. And he fell in love with a Philistine woman from Timnah, who he decided to marry, and he ignored the objections of his parents over the fact that she was a non-Israelite, because, you know, that was a no-no. Um, according to the biblical account, Samson was repeatedly seized by the Spirit of the Lord, who has blessed him with immense strength. So very, very, very strong. Think Hercules here, okay? Um, with dreadlocks, pretty much. Um, the first instance of this is seen when Samson was on his way to ask for the Philistine woman's hand in marriage. He was attacked by a lion. So he grabbed it and ripped it apart as the Spirit of God divinely empowered him. However, Samson kept it a secret and didn't even mention it to his parents. I don't know. I mean, I'd be bragging. I'd be, I'd be like, hey, look what I did. You know, <laughs> but, you know, not me. He arrived at the Philistine's house and became a child to her. I... We'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, he arrived at the Philistine's house and became betrothed to her. He returned home and then came back to Timnah sometime later for the wedding. On his way, Samson saw that bees had nested in the carcass of that same lion and made honey. And he ate a handful of the honey and gave some to his parents. That's nasty. I'm sorry. That's odd also. That's it's, really odd. That's one of those... Yeah, that's one of those you're like, huh? But you know what? We accept it. It's what it is. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we do. Right. Um, at the wedding feast, Samson told a riddle to his 30 groomsmen. Can you imagine paying for that many suits? I think not. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I've got real good news. Uh, he didn't have to pay for suits. Are you sure? I think they did. <laughs> but all his groomsmen were Philistines. These are enemies here. Uh-huh. So they're not his buddies. So if they could solve it, they would get. Um, he would give them thirty pieces of fine linen and garments. See, I told you they had to get suits. But if they, <laughs> I, I, but if they could not solve the riddle, they had to give him thirty pieces of linen and fine garments. Which that was not. That was a big deal back then. You know, these are fine. You know, material you just didn't find anywhere. Right. So um, the riddle was veiled um, was a veiled account of the two encounters with the lion, which only he knew about. You know, so mm-hmm. out of so here's the riddle: out of the eater came something to eat, out of the strong came something sweet. So the Philistines were ticked off by this riddle because I mean, duh, no one would get the answer if you weren't there. And so the 30 groomsmen told Samson's new wife that they would burn her in her father's household if she did not get the answer for him and tell him. So at the urgent and tearful crying of his, of his, of his bride, Samson told her the solution and she went and told the groomsmen. But look, she's a victim here. Damn. You know, she's a victim yeah. here. Well, so before sunset on the seventh day, they, the, they said to him, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Well, that pissed Samson off that they knew the answer to his riddle. So Samson told them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. <laughs> so apparently calling other women heifer did not start in the South. You know what I'm saying? No. S- no, did not start here. We Damn, think- I'll just let with Samson. <laughs> That is so rude. Like, so rude. Look, but, take it up with your husband. He's his hero. Oh, my God. Well, he, 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 it's not that it's his favorite, 
is his hero. He just thinks it's really cool about the strength, kind of like Hercules. That's what he thinks. It is, and once once you finish your story, I've got a little insight uh, that I'd like to add. Okay. Well, Samson then traveled to Ashkelon, which is a distance of roughly 30 miles, where he would slay 30 Philistines for their garments. So he's like, I'll cut you your 30 garments. Take it here. <laughs> so he's a, y'all, he is so sassy. So he then returned and gave those garments to the groomsmen, which pissed him off. Because you can imagine, you killed some of their people. Right. Like, and a, plus there's probably a blood stain on them. Oh, no doubt. Um, I highly doubt Samson, being as sassy as he is, wanted to make sure they were clean. I doubt he cared. Oh, yeah. Most so, definitely did not. Samson was pissed, so he returned back to his dad. So while he was gone, his bride's family gave her to one of the groomsmen. So, what? yes. I don't this remember is, this part of the story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. So sometime later, Samson returned back to Timna to visit his wife, unaware that she was now married to another man. She's a victim here. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't look at her like she's bad. So that's one thing I do like about Samson. Um, and this is long before Delilah, you know. But right. her, her father refused to allow Samson to see her, and he offered to give Samson her younger sister instead. And so Samson went out, and he gathered 300 foxes and tied them together in pairs by their tails. He then attached a burning torch to each of their <laughs> tails, and he set them loose in the grain fields and olive groves of the Philistines. That'll do it. You know, I'm saying that'll, about, like, that'll just about do it. I don't like I don't like harming foxes like that. Nope. But it, it's smart. It is smart. And, you know, it's one of those things that probably could happen with the right intelligence. But oh, yeah. I, you know, because I appreciate that just because some things in the Bible, you're like, eh, did it really happen like that, though? You know what I mean? Yeah, but do you know what the worst part is? What? I could actually imagine somebody taking foxes going, set their tails on fire. It'll burn it down. Yeah. Kind of no, like I'm that. I'm serious. And in, in, in their fear, they're going to run through those uh, yeah. green, grain. It's it's, uh, sm- it's not it's animal abuse, but it's smart. Right. Well, it's kind of like that news story about the man who got tired of squirrels living over in his um in his wood pile or whatever, like mm-hmm. his scrap wood pile. So he set it on fire, thinking that he would kill the squirrels. One of the squirrels' tail caught on fire, and it ran in his house. That's what you get. Sorry. Yep, and it set his house on fire. Well, this is where it starts getting kind of sad. So I told you his wife is she's a victim in all of this. She really is. Yeah, and, he still and also loves her. her sister. Yeah, I feel bad for her sister, but he still loved her. Like he he did love her. Um, and he was you know so the Philistines found out why Samson did that, and so instead of getting more angry at Samson, they decide they're going to burn his wife and father-in-law to death and in, 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 you know in retribution. Yeah. So, I felt she didn't she didn't deserve that. Um, her no. dad did, but she didn't deserve it. I mean, jeez. In uh, so in revenge, Sam sl- Samson slaughtered even more Philistines, saying, "I've done to them what they've done to me." So fair point. There's a lot of blood go. go- <laughs> I mean, this is this is brutal. So he took refuge in a cave in the rock of Etam, and. An, ar- a, an army of Philistines came to the tribe of Judah and demanded that 3,000 men of Judah turn Samson into them. Which, with Samson's consent, 
given that they um, that this condition that they would not kill him, they tied him with two new ropes yeah. and were about to hand him over to the Philistines when he broke free and he used a jawbone of a donkey and slain 1,000 Philistines. Let's just sit on that for a second and see if you think that happened. But we'll move on. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, did it really happen like that, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. With a jawbone of a donkey? I don't know. I've never looked at a jawbone of a donkey. I have. I, it would make a good club. Well, he's very strong, so I guess he doesn't really need that much. You know, he's up, I guess that, you know, okay, whatever. I'll go with it. So here comes Delilah, who you were talking about. Well, not quite. We're getting to her, should I say. So later, Samson travels to Gaza, where he stays at a sex worker's house. His enemies wait at the gate of the city to ambush him, but he tears the gate from its very hinges and frame and carries it to the hill that is in front of Hebron. Well, he then falls in love with Delilah in the Valley of Sorek. So the Philistines approach Delilah and induce her with 1,100 silver coins to find the secret of Samson's strength so they could capture him. So, uh, it feels like we, we like to sell people out for money in the Bible. You know? It just feels like that's what we do. I mean, to be fair, we did it a lot longer than just the time of the Bible. <laughs> Slavery was a thing. Uh, that is true. Well, yeah, that is true. Um, I mean, in all cultures, there has been slavery throughout the years, and most of the time, someone paid for them. Well, maybe humans are really the virus, and Corona is just the name. Is what that we go <laughs> that we're fear. You know what I'm saying? I don't, but I'm gonna laugh anyways. Oh! <laughs> I'm kidding. I got you. Well, let me say, Samson obviously refused to reveal the secret, and he teases Delilah, and he tells her that he will lose his strength if he is bound with fresh bowstrings. So she does this while he sleeps, but when he wakes up, he snaps the strings. She persists, and he tells her that he can be bound with new ropes. She ties him up with new ropes while he sleeps, and he snaps them too. Which, I'll be honest, ma'am, if you keep waking up and she's trying to do the very thing that you said would you know destroy your strength why would you keep telling her stuff right i guess he was just like caught up in love i don't know um so she asked him again and he says that he can be bound if his locks are woven into a weaver's loom which if you ever see like viking for you know the viking movies when they're like making quilts and it's like a a ton of string it looks like a harp in a way but they're that's how they create they weave yeah. stuff with it. That's what they're talking about. And I had to Google it because I was like, what the freak is that? But yeah. So she did. I can't imagine my hair being in that. But that's what she did. She put his <laughs> hair in it. Um, so he simply destroys the entire loom and carries it off when he wakes up. So he's like, oh, she's just joking. However, that's, that's what he acts like. Well, Delilah persists. And Samson finally tells Delilah that God supplied his power because of his consecration to God as a Nazarite, symbolized by the fact that a razor has never touched his head and that if his hair was cut off, he would lose his strength. Dude, shut up. Don't tell her that. But he did. Yeah. So Delilah then woos him to sleep, quote-unquote, in her lap and calls for a servant to cut his hair. Girl, why can't you cut his hair? I don't get it. Samson loses his strength. And he is captured by the Philistines who blind him by gouging, uh, gouging out his eyes. And I'm telling you, I think like I would rather die than someone gouge my eyes out. I'm just saying. That's not, that's not it for me. 
So they then take him to Gaza, imprison him, and put him to work turning a large milestone and grinding grain. So, so here comes, unfortunately, the end of Samson's life. So one day, the Philistine leaders assembled in a temple for a religious sacrifice to Dagon, one of their more important deities, for having delivered Samson into their hands. So they summon Samson so that people can watch him perform for them. The temple is so crowded that people are even climbing onto the roof to watch, and all the rulers of the entire government of Philistia has gathered there too. Samson is led into the temple, and he asks his captures if he could lean against the, uh, the pillars to rest. However, while he was in prison, his hair had begun to grow again. So he prayed for strength, and God gave him his strength to break the pillars, causing the temple to collapse, killing him and the people inside. So this is one of the first or few times that we even talk about suicide in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have that controversy of, do you go to hell if you commit suicide? Well... What I mean, mean, it's also the first mention of someone bringing down the house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, that's true. It's, it's true. Well, I mean, if we're throwing it out there, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he killed himself, everyone else there. So after his death, Samson's family recovered his body from the rubble and buried him near the tomb of his father, Manoah. Uh, a tomb structure which some attribute to Samson, his father, stands on the top of the Mount of Tel Zorah today. Really? Um, they, they can't guarantee that it's his, but they really think that that's who it is. So, if you believe it, go see it, you know? I would like to just because, just you know what I mean? If, they, if it's a question, I would still go see it. Right. So, I, at the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'm just going to say, and I wanted to tell you that you were right. Mm -hmm. when you compared it to dreadlocks earlier mm -hmm. on top of Samson's head because the actual original idea between uh, behind dreadlocks was that literally there that like your hair holds your power right in the cultures that have dreadlocks and that it's part of your life force and so therefore you become weaker when you cut your dreadlocks and it's even like an old Native American myth about hair Right. That a lot of their abilities are in um, in their hair. And that a lot of them lost their hair during wars like Vietnam where they used, like, the Navajo. Mm -hmm. Because the army made them cut their hair. Right. And, you know, a, a little side note, and I know we don't have the time to discuss this, but Samson is one of the many whitewashed characters in the Bible. I'm just going to oh, yeah. say that. Because he's not white. <laughs> he's not. Well, here's the best part about the Bible. None of them are. Um, no, none of them are. <laughs> like, none of I mean, them. The maybe, whole C Bible. maybe Caesar. Caesar's probably the whitest dude. I mean, I would even be hesitant to call Caesar white. Yeah. If we're being Truthfully. honest. Truthfully. Because, I mean, Caesar was from the Mediterranean. And, yeah, today we consider them quote-unquote white. But they're not Caucasian. I mean, they're not. So, and plus, white has so many like implications so i guess right. by modern terms caesar may have been considered white samson was not on modern terms white no um no, there's a samson ton of paintings of him white and i hate that it gets me mad well it's like the crap ton of paintings of jesus white he was hebrew white. right Anyways, uh, at the conclusion of Judges 16, it is said that Samson had judged Israel for 20 years. 
Judges, judge, you get it? <laughs> but the Bible never does mention the fate of Delilah. And it, whenever I read that, I was like, oh my God, what happened to her? Is there an apocrypha that tells us what happened? I couldn't find anything. I was like, what happened to Delilah? Huh. And they're like, well, we think. I'm like, I don't want to hear what you think. I want to know what happened. Well, and to so be pretty, honest, they probably didn't focus on her. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Because she is much. a woman. You know, have you ever heard of, um, what the internet has taught me a lot of things over the years, Creighton. And one thing that I've learned is that there's a thing called a thought, spelled T-H-O-T. And Delilah is one of the main <laughs> thoughts in the Bible. <laughs> uh, yes, I am more familiar with that term personally than uh, I should be. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Delilah's one of those. Oh, yeah. Saying. Yeah, Delilah's a thought. <laughs> That's it for me, though. Uh, I actually enjoyed this, and I hope that y'all have enjoyed hearing about it. Um, I know it's not our normal setup, uh, but, I mean, personally, the Bible is just fascinating. It really is. And, it really, really is. And me and Jessica will probably pick out some more of the um, otter stories out of the Bible in the future. Oh, yeah. Maybe even look into where some of the Christian beliefs come from, because... It's not all of them come from the canonical Bible. You so don't we may know what's dip- coming. Yeah. Hell, I don't know what's coming. It's wonderful. Oh my uh, gosh. It's, I love it though. I really do. I really do. Yeah. So um, if you guys would like to send us in some of your suggestions, you can find us at ohdearlore at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at dear underscore lore. Or on Instagram at ohdearlore8. Alright. Thank y'all so much for listening. Yeah, and we'll be back next week to talk to you about some other worlds. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. Until next week, guys. Bye. Bye.